Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about The Banshees of Inishirin from writer-director Martin McDonough with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and Carrie Condon. And I am so looking forward to talking about this movie. Definitely one of my favorites this year. Joining me to talk about it is Ben Miller, who's been on the show before. Happy to have him back. We have a great conversation, lots of really great puzzle pieces. And this is one of those movies, you know, we cover lots of horror, lots of superhero movies, lots of blockbusters. It's it's nice to, uh, you know, squeeze in these different kind of movies every once in a while. We get in a lot of different stuff here. So, uh, yeah, great conversation coming up in a second. Before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. I mentioned a couple of times in the past that uh, we recently switched podcast hosts, and while everything should have been seamless in the uh, process of switching over, just in case, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is that you're listening. And if you like the show, drop us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods. We appreciate that. You could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And with that said, let's talk about the Banshees of Inishirin. All right, we've got Ben Miller back with us, and we are going to talk about the Banshees of Inishirin. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's uh, great to be here as always. It's always great to talk about a movie that uh, you're actually passionate about, as opposed to yeah. being like, ah, eh, this movie was fine. Yeah, let's talk about the things that could have made it better, but this one is incredible. So Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And this movie, I, I think I mentioned this on Twitter a couple of days ago, like this is a, a real like sticks with you kind of movie. Yes. It's a real grower. Like I liked it plenty walking out of the theater, mm-hmm. but I have not stopped thinking about it since I saw it about five days ago now or something. Yeah. And it's just it's uh it's great and there's just so much to uh so much to unpack to use a absolutely. podcast term but absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll have plenty to get into with this one yes, sir. uh man where do we even start you know what before we start getting into puzzle pieces are you a big martin mcdonough fan going i am um I, I i i didn't know anything about him until in bruges came out mm-hmm. and i had heard all these people tell me about in bruges i'm like okay well you know Colin Farrell at the time was still in his like, oh, he's he's a failed movie star, but he's still right, in sure. stuff. Um, yeah. And then that movie kind of signaled like, oh, okay, he's a character actor. And I watched it. And I'm like, okay, this thing is incredible. It's like nothing else. And 
you know, I have a I have an affinity for uh, UK directors who like to use the c word in their movies a lot. For mm, some reason, sure. anytime just sure. like just letting ex- expletives fly is always just mm-hmm. like, man, this is up my alley. Uh, I yeah. loved in Bruges. Um, mm-hmm. Never got around to Seven Psychopaths, but um, F- funny enough, I was gonna say like in Bruges, great, but I've only seen it once, and I was gonna rewatch it for this, but I'm just gonna rewatch it on my own time and, and later. I, th- but... I think that's the right thing because a lot of people are like, okay, I watched in Bruges in, in prep for watching Bands even a share, and it's like, I don't think you should. Like they're yeah, they're, just watch it. They're not just the watch same, it when you get to it. They're not the same type of movie. That's the most yeah. interesting thing about it is McDonough really grew as a director from that movie to this movie. It's like. In Bruges is like pretty harsh and kind of mean spirited, and mm-hmm. this and, and Banshees of Inisherin has this such a like, uh, uh, despite the kind of the uh, untouchable tone, you're mm-hmm. like, well, it's still it's still kind of gentle to it all, and sure, and bil- uh, three billboards had that same kind of in Bruges meanness, sure, and yeah, then this one just kind of takes a different kind of turn. Well, Seven Psychopaths was actually my number one movie of 2012. Really? So, really? yeah, so that's where I'm coming to him from. <laughs> okay, and, okay. Uh, yeah, as much as I really liked In Bruges, uh, but haven't seen it in forever, mm. and Three Billboards, I also really liked, yeah, even though I know people turned on it after, yeah, it's, you know. It's it's cool to hate for some reason, but I'm not going to. Yeah. It's, it's American Hustle and Three Billboards are the two that are like, <laughs> like, no, 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 you're not allowed to like it. It's like, no, 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 I like them. They're good movies. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, and I, speaking of things that people don't like, uh, True Detective season two is when I like fell in love with Colin Farrell. I, I mean, I couldn't get on board. Like, I, okay. I, I liked what he was doing, but I just couldn't get on board with it. So, yeah. So, I mean, he he's great. Uh, McDonough's great. Mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson's great. I mean, yes. everybody involved in this is great, and they're all just doing such amazing work. Yes. But you know what? With that said, let's start getting into the puzzle pieces. What do you have here? First piece. Okay. Um. It it's, you know. It's kind of cliche to say like, oh yeah, an Irish story. That's that's. But the first thing I thought of is the film The, F- the Field from uh, Jim Sheridan in 1990. Um, it kind of, you know, in, in general, just kind of like okay, the super green Ireland of everything and mm-hmm. Irish people being super Irish. But it kind of digs a little deeper into okay, um, standing by principles and being like, I want this for specific reasons. So Richard Harris is this guy who has this field he's had in his he's had for a long time and he finds out that he actually doesn't own it and uh then there are a lot of political and uh you know personal machinations in the background in order to try to stop him from getting it and he's trying to do whatever it takes to get it and mm-hmm. uh kind of takes some darker turns and it's the thing that I always assume the two now the field is a very serious movie it's not as yeah. like the Banshee's of Sharon still has the comedic tone to it and has a lot of a lot of super funny parts the field is the opposite of that but it does have that have that same feel of like okay there's this entrenched history with these people in this area and you can't just it's like no no no, just move on do something else it's like no no no, that's not really a that's not really something i can do it's 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 more sticking to principles and that's kind of where i had it from there yeah, for sure. I, you, while you were talking about it, I've never actually seen the field, but while while you were talking about it, I brought up his IMDb and I'm like, yeah, exactly as I expected. Jim Sheridan, not a lot of comedy no, uh, no. amongst his films. Super, super serious. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, yeah. even the the even the lightest of his films, which is probably uh, in America, 
is still okay. has yeah. some real serious stuff to it. Like yeah. it's 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 light, but you're like, oh, well, child death and AIDS and and you know poverty, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, still that's that's the lightest of them all. Yeah, it, he's he takes stuff pretty seriously, but yeah, yeah. And I feel like McDonough is also a person who, uh, you know, aside from the comedy aspects and all that, but like the setting is always super important yes. to his films. Yes. And so yeah, that the Ireland setting here is like a big part of it, and I think that'll come up in other puzzle pieces oh, as yeah. well. But uh, yeah, great one to kick it off there. I'm gonna go with a, a another one for my first piece here that uh, it deals with like with the tone of it all and. I felt there is almost a feeling of watching this movie where it's almost like uh, biblical in a way, like om- almost like fairy tale-ish, almost mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, like a story you, you almost can't believe yes. in a way. Like, how could this possibly Very happen? Much of a fable. Yes. Yeah, fable-like. And I felt like it almost could have been a segment of the interlocking segments of Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. Ooh, um, ooh I all like these, it. All these segments of these, like, sad people just like grasping for connection Mm -hmm. and uh in that of course you've got all these different groupings of people that are all kind of coming together by the end in in this weird way that almost feels biblical in the way that everything just kind of comes together uh this is just one story and Mm -hmm. we, we get to live with these people for a while and get to know a lot more about them so so we get to uh dig deeper into their particular story but the vibe of it all and and the feel of this particular friendship and what it is going through as well as everything going on around them with the war on the other side outside of the island and everything yeah you get that feeling of uh just how big everything is and how little everything is at the same time yeah yeah that's that's a really good one because uh, you know you you look at the you know is there a deeper meaning and kind of also not on top of that to add on to that is the you know the frogs falling from the sky the kind of unknowing like why is this happening in fargo it's same thing as like in Banshee's of Inisherin, it's like, okay, is this lady a witch? Is there, right. Right. Uh, is there some mystical aspect to this? Is there something at play that I don't understand? Uh, yeah. yeah, so I understand that completely. It's a great one. Also, why doesn't Brendan Gleeson die? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, yeah. It's a spoiler alert if you haven't seen yes. the movie, obviously. But um, yeah, at the end of the movie, you're like, okay, well, uh, Colin Farrell goes to burn down Brendan Gleeson's house with him in it. Uh, saves the dog, though. Um, yes, but, uh, yes. But... Um, yeah, and then at the end, you're just like he's out of the he's out of the house and he's safe, and you're like, okay, well, how did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, it's not a puzzle piece per se, but like this movie is an answer to every freaking movie where the dog dies. Yes, it's like oh, finally. Oh my! So <laughs> that entire sequence, I was just like, like fist pumping, like yes. she's like he's he, okay. So Colin Farrell's pissed, and he's going to his house, and he's gonna do something in response to his donkey dying. Uh, and he goes and the, the witch lady's like, don't kill that dog. And he said, don't put words in my mouth, in my head that I wasn't even thinking about. And he goes in there and you're seeing this dog and you're like, he's not going to do it. Is he? He's not going to do it. And he says the greatest line. He's like, why would I hurt you? You're the only nice person having yeah. to do like you're the only nice thing with this guy and, and and the whole time i'm like sweet this dog is safe <laughs> yeah absolutely by the way that 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 line is so good don't don't put thoughts in my head i wasn't even thinking like <laughs> yeah. because he's he's so simple but yes. like it's god that that, that the, is just such a great the line. thing that colin farrell does really really well in this movie and i think it's really hard to do in films in general is be stupid not yeah. like and and not and not like, oh, you're dumb, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, no, 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 you're just not that intelligent. 
and there's really nothing you can do about it. Like right, and it's okay. It's yeah. like you're just you're just a nice guy. Yeah. Like you're yeah. just a nice And that's the thing he guy. always relies on, yeah. Yeah, it is great. What do you got for your next piece? Um kind of in the same lines of the tone uh with the the darker aspects and uh and comedy. Uh Fargo. Um some sure. there's there are parts of it having to do with Fargo the film obviously basing the tone, but specifically the TV show Fargo, the second season. Um, in the second season, uh, Patrick Wilson is uh, among a very, very large... Second season of Fargo is the best season. If you're going to go catch Fargo, go watch the second season. Uh, that's the one with Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons. Um, so good. Patrick Wilson, yeah. Gene Smart, uh, Ted Danson. But there's a scene where Patrick Wilson as a... Uh, police officer. I, I, I think they're in, they're not in Fargo They're I want to say they're in Nebraska or something like that, but mm. he comes up to a, a kind of, he's talking to somebody and he's, uh, I, I think telling them, he's like, you need to get out of town. He's a criminal. And he's being very kind about it. And the criminal goes, it's like, you know, as kind as you're being, you're being really mean. And <laughs> That that line in general just kind of stuck with me. Is like, okay, that's exactly what this movie is. It's it's you're, I'm saying the nice thing in on paper, but in reality, right. I'm being very very cruel. Like, yeah, uh, the cruelty inherent. Like, everything Brendan Gleeson does never at no point is he necessarily evil. You ne- you're never on the side of like, oh, this guy deserves everything he's getting. It's right. okay. He's just kind of like. It's not very nice what he's doing, and it's not very polite. But at the same time, he he justifies his actions. So, uh, sure. yeah, Fargo was kind of been in that same type of realm. Yeah, that that's an interesting uh, thing that isn't like explored very often. That like niceness, like yes. it's not really it's not really a theme that you get a lot in movies, and it kind of made it a little difficult, honestly, to uh, come up with puzzle pieces because I do think that that's. Like the biggest thing here is mm-hmm. is that kind of balance of niceness and meanness and and the simple parts of friendship. But I do agree. There's there's a there's a real disconnect. It was like, man, there's there. It's hard to find things to yeah. connect these two. Like because it's like okay, angry, but at the same time, it's like, is it though? Is it like kind of nice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, you brought the Coen Brothers in, so I'm going to go to some more Coen Brothers uh, and go with Inside Lewin Davis. Ooh, uh, ooh. This is specific to Brendan Gleeson's character. We're going to uh, take a sidestep from Colin Farrell and talk specifically about him, who basically is, uh, he wants to be left alone to work on music. He, uh, he, he specifically says music is everlasting. Nobody remembers people for being nice. Yep. Like he just wants to be left alone and make music. And I think as somebody who makes music, it's kind of, uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of true. Like, you know, you, you, you kind of have to choose like, what am I going to do with my time right now? Am I going to make something or am I going to just hang out? And you know, have friends and and you know, be a good friend to my friends. And it's kind of a difficult thing to balance. And and, and on top of that, I mean, Lou and Davis being like kind of the, uh, kind of like the ego of oh, it, I, I'm making something that's important. It's like it's are so you, important. Though? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and and that that was a big part of Ban- uh, Banshees. It's like every time he's like. I'm making this song, and it's like, it's 1923, you're making an Irish violin ballad. And no like, one's going to hear it. No this. one's going to hear it, yeah. <laughs> but but it, it's it's important to them. It's, it yep. doesn't matter if it's important to anybody else. They think Absolutely. it matters. 
Absolutely. And like, yeah, you just, you lose those meaningful relationships in the process of, of like chasing after that, you know, that, that piece of art that's going to live forever. And, uh, Lewin Davis does not have any meaningful relationships at, at any point nope. in that movie. Nope. And so, you know, I, I feel like he is also, uh, struggling with, with those choices of, of what to focus on, except for he's, I, I feel like he's not, uh, as worried about it as Brendan Gleeson's character. I think under the surface, there's a lot more uh, <laughs> Gleeson's character. He wants to still have some friends. Yeah, and, and Lewin Davis is kind of cosm cosmically cursed as yeah, opposed sure. to Brendan Gleeson going like, okay, I'm going to actually take control of this and make it, I I'm going to take control and do what I need to do. And Lewin Davis is like, no matter what I do, it just kind of still throws me down. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what do you got for your next one? Uh, uh, still on the same lines of more in, you know, the Island of Inisherin is secluded from the rest of, of Ireland and, uh, kind of thinking in that and with the tonal violence, um, I, I thought of Sam Raimi's a simple plan. Um, sure. Just stuck yeah. in the, like in a simple plan, Bill Paxton and Bill Bob Thornton, uh, are among some guys who find some money and be like, okay, well let's, let's, let's stash it and then we can get away with this and it'll be all right. And then as simple as it is, it gets further and further out of control, but it's a, it's an insulated community as opposed to a big place that everybody's coming into. It's a, it's a, it, it's, it, they know everybody around. Nobody is showing up uh, out of nowhere, essentially. And when somebody does show up out of nowhere, it's noticed. And yeah. with a simple plan, it's, it had Ramey and McDonough have, I'm not saying they're in any way the same kind of filmmaker, but they kind of exist on the same tone. They always, despite a subject matter that is darker, they always want to throw some comedy into it, uh, sure. no matter how dark or unplaced that comedy is, and it feels natural. And A Simple yeah. Plan has that comedic undertone as well. And at the yeah. same time, I, I, I kind of see the parallels between Billy Bob Thornton's character and Colin Farrell's. Um, yeah. just kind of existing on that level of, okay, I'm not in charge of this. This is not my thing. I'm not the, like, I have to rely on the intelligence of others to try to get by in life. And I also yeah. see like the kind of the parallels between like Billy Bob Thornton relying on his intelligent brother, Bill Paxton, where Colin Farrell, ostensibly, especially being in the twenties, it's like, okay, this is a male dominated world. But Colin Farrell relies on his sister to essentially guide him spiritually because of her sure. intelligence. Um, yeah. By the way, Carrie Condon, my favorite performance in the film. She so is so good. She is so good. Um, so yeah. yeah, and she's really the one that stuck with me. She, so so you know, Colin Farrell has that simple politeness, and and uh, Brendan Gleeson is that kind of coarse, like artistic, and Carrie Condon balances between the two as in really mm -hmm. okay. You can live in both worlds and everybody's on your side. Yeah. So yeah. a simple plan is the one that I always think of. Yeah, no, that that's a great one. And and Coen Brothers and uh, Sam Raimi, they, mm -hmm. they go hand in hand in a way. And Absolutely. then uh, McDonough kind of operating uh, on that kind of level here, mm -hmm. uh, especially with that balance of, of humor. So I, I think that's a great one. Um, speaking of Carrie Condon's character, uh, as well as the other two, um, Really, all of the leads here. Um, I'm going to go with. We, we've got the David Thewlis of podcasting yes, here. Sir, yes, uh, I, I, I'm going to go with Anomalisa from Charlie Kaufman. Ooh, ooh, it's good. Um, 
This is a movie uh, about, I already said, about like that trying to connect with other people. Mm. Um, in, in this movie, Colin Farrell obviously can't get through to Brendan Gleeson. That's kind of like the main, you know, crux of the film. Yes. Uh, but Gleeson also can't, you know, get through to Farrell. Carrie Condon can't get through to Farrell. Farrell, mm. vice versa. Barry Coogan is off to the side, can't get through <laughs> to anybody. Um, a total mess. And, uh, you know, that that's a big part of Anomalisa is, is the uh, idea of this person who just can't connect with other human beings in any yep. kind of way. And so I, it made me think of that, an incredibly bleak film of course Kaufman but uh yes. also with a lot of humor also with another great score from Carter Burwell so <laughs> you got that connection too uh so a lot of that same thing going on there yeah that makes a lot of sense I mean uh the the connection part like there's a there's a real disconnect between Colin as soon as Colin Farrell gets the news it's like okay well Gleason's not going to have anything to do with me he just spins his wheels. He's like, I cannot, I have to understand it. Yeah. And it's beyond understanding for either somebody like him or somebody just in general. Like you just, it, that's not, it's not going to be something you can break through. And yeah. Anomalisa the whole time, it's like, everybody is the same except for this one. And then all of a sudden the one, it's like you, it, your world does, it doesn't matter. That, that's actually, it's a perfect example actually, because Colin Farrell's entire life in Banshee of the Sheeran is perfect because of this one relationship. Yeah, yeah. Once that one relationship is deteriorated, his world falls apart. Yeah. And Anomalisa, same exact thing. The one relationship is good, but once that relationship starts to fall apart, there's no coming back from it, and it's going to yeah. go badly. Yeah, he rested everything on that, and then that's that's all there is. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I as soon as I left the theater, I texted my best friend. I was like, "Imagine if we lived on a little island, and I didn't want to drink with you anymore because I just wanted to work on my music." And yeah, he just sat, he sad faced it. But I, I mean, yeah. it's it's <laughs> it's devastatingly sad. Like, it's it's there, there's there's a there's such a disconnect between you know, like. The, the the great thing that McDonough does is never show them in happy times. Mm -hmm. Like at, at, if two days before when they're sitting there drinking, having a good time and then drawing on, it's like, okay, you hadn't, but you have to imagine what that is. And they never get on that. They never get on that level. And so yeah. your mind goes, it's like, well, there, he must've done something. He's like, no, he, he probably didn't. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a really interesting choice not to show them in happy times, yeah. but uh, it, it's a really good one. I think. What do you got for your next one? Um, so this is probably too easy, um, but uh, I'm going to go with it anyway. Uh, a Mc another McDonough film, but not a Martin McDonough film, is his brother John Michael McDonough doing uh, Brendan Gleeson, uh, The Guard. Okay. A, a great film from 2011. It's more more on the in Bruges side of like the, the, the mean of it. Um, mm -hmm. But more than anything else, it's just the environment they throw around The Guard it's it's all it's so so irish and it's so specifically irish and all these specific weird things um don Cheadle's character shows uh, it shows up and he's trying to interview people and he's in ireland and he's like okay well i just talked to these people he shows up and a woman speaking gaelic uh though understands him perfectly and nice. is, is He's like, oh, you don't speak English? And he's like, if you want to speak English, go to English. But she's saying this in Gaelic. Like, so, and there's, it's, it's so specifically um, Irish in, in, a, in, a, in such a fun way that is so detached from anything I know. 
Mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, you look at a film like The Guard, which is mo- had a modern setting, and you look at Banshees of Inishirin, and there's not a whole lot of disconnect between the two as far as technology. Like, yes, yeah. it's set in 1923, but you're like, is this 1723? Is this right. modern times? And they're just off the like off the coast. Like, it doesn't necessarily seem as something where you're like, oh no, this is a this is a period piece. It's like. Well, it, it is. It's set in right. a specific time, but it's kind of a place lost in time. And the guard kind of has that same level. Um, also, McDonough and his brother have that same kind of, they'll put that mysterious, like, how did they, like, the guard ends kind of very ambiguously. Like, yeah. uh, also having, involving a fire with Brendan Gleeson's character maybe escaping, did escape. Uh, so, I mean, they all kind of have that mystery to it. Um, so I, that, that was obviously sticking with me, um, different types of films, but, uh, I see the same kind of relationships. I'm going to have to watch that. I've, I've never actually seen it. I saw Calvary, but, um, I've never seen the guard and it it sounds great. And, you know, speaking to that, uh, place out of time and, uh, you know, where is this place? Like what, I've never seen this kind of specific place before. Uh, this might seem a little silly, but I'm going to go with Irish Napoleon Dynamite for my next possible <laughs> piece here. Um, th- this world is just so divorced from anything else like we've seen in in geographically or time-wise, like yeah. you were just saying, you know, like you really just can't place it. And it's like these people with their strange little lives and you get a full sense of what their life is day in and day out yep. because there really isn't much more to it. It's just, they live in this little tiny community mm-hmm. and they're probably not going to go anywhere else than this. And they probably have never been anywhere else than this. And you're getting this little glimpse into their weird little world. And there's a lot of animals and <laughs> there's a lot of weird side characters. I, and, I really appreciate yeah. the Napoleon Dynamite as somebody who lives in West Texas and had lived in West Texas or had lived in West Texas for a long time. And knowing yeah. how weird and detached it is from the rest of the world, I understand completely yeah, and yeah. Even even the I, I think one of the one of the guys in the bar is like reading a paper and he's like, "Oh, civil war's going." It's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm cheering for the the one side who's winning, or maybe it's the other side." Like, I don't really know. Like, like there's a civil war going on literally a mile away, and they just don't care, and it just doesn't it doesn't touch them. It's just yeah. it's not a part of it that they have any sort of aspect of need uh I, I, <laughs> I now now i need an irish napoleon dynamite like uh yeah <laughs> um, the idea of that in general full-blown just like just go for it oh, absolutely brandon gleason still has to be in it though yeah so, yeah <laughs> he still, yeah he has he has to he'll he'll be the uncle rico bring yeah. bring some gravitas you yeah. know, so. <laughs> i can th- like as i can throw my shillelagh way over that uh, all the way over those mountains yeah yeah <laughs> nice nice what do you got for your next one? Um, so uh, this is kind of along the lines of a film where friendship is, there's a fine line between friendship um, and mm-hmm. are they friends? Are they not friends? And kind of goes back and forth. Uh, it's the film Thoroughbreds. Um, oh yeah. I'm not sure if you ever, if uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a, uh, it's a different type of movie um, as far as, to get on the same wavelength of, um, but you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, you look at it now and you're like, Hey, it's, it's, it's Anya Taylor joy and, uh, and Olivia cook, uh, two actresses at the peak of their powers right now. And you're like, this is something I get on board with, but it's, 
on one side, you have the Oliva Cook character who kind of mirrors Brendan Gleeson as in like, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to put emotion into this. And this is not about like, oh, we're friends, but I understand the reality of it. But at the same time, there was a, there were some other aspects, but it's, it's two friends who are willing to sacrifice themselves for the sake of to getting what they want. Yeah. Um, and it has that darker, funnier tone. Um, the, at the same time, uh, you, you know, there's, there's an incredible scene in, in Banshees of Inishir, and my favorite scene in the film where Colin Farrell gets beaten by a police officer. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so he's on the ground, and uh, Brendan Gleeson's seeing this from far away. And he comes, wordlessly comes up, kind of brushes him off, puts him on his carriage, helps him up, and he goes off, and they're heading in a direction. Colin Farrell bursts into tears from all the emotion of everything. Brendan yeah. Gleeson wordlessly gets off and continues on their way. It's it's there's a level of humanity involved in it, despite like okay, we don't have this, we don't have this connection anymore, but there's still it's like I, you're still a human that I just want to be decent to. Sure. Um. And and Thoroughbreds kind of has that same level of like, okay, we want to do something really really dark here. But at the same time, there's still our friendship to take into consideration. And I'm willing yeah. to sacrifice myself to allow you to get what you want. Yeah. That, that's a really interesting piece. I, I love Thoroughbred. Such a great yeah. movie. Um, but I, I was trying to think of like, uh, you know, a movie that specifically has this kind of friendship. Because, you know, there's so many comedies like like uh-huh. silly comedies like apatow comedies and yeah. stuff like that where our friendship falls apart and then maybe we'll get back together we yeah. don't know yeah. you know things like that but uh none with this particular kind of uh yeah. you know back and forth yeah, and so would, it's, it's, it's a little it's, different it's never like used to be friends or yeah the the friendship like generally they're friends and then it deteriorates and maybe it gets to a point where they know they can't be friends anymore but there's mm-hmm. always like somewhat of a redemption and there's not really much of a redemption here. I mean, that one scene is the closest you get to redemption or the scene where Colin Farrell drunkenly tells him what he thinks. But yeah. still, like, it's there's there's points where it there's no coming back from what's happened. Sure. And and there and, and like you said, all those Apatow comedies, I can't I, I kept I was racking my brain hard, 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 trying to think of a situation where you're like, okay, is there a movie with friends who are like, okay, we're not gonna be friends anymore? No coming back from this. I was like, not really. Not really. Yeah, it, it, I'm sure there's something. Somebody hopefully will write in and let me know. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't think of one that, nope. that ends on that kind of note. Me so yeah. yeah. Well, I'll go to my last puzzle piece, uh, which is Richard Linklater's Last Flag Flying. Ooh. Uh, a very good but very different movie from this. But uh, it's about three old war buddies who have to reunite and travel across the country when one of their sons dies at war. Yes. And... Um, it's not even like a hero's death. He just died. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's just l- these longstanding resentments between the three of them, uh, between them and their country, between, mm-hmm. you know, everything happening with the war outside of their little personal relationship that's going on. And, you know, I know a big part of uh, the Banshees of Inishirin that I maybe haven't even fully uh, dug into that much yet is the war outside Mm. the civil war that's happening, which obviously is a major, uh, you know, there's a major connection between that and between this friendships, like little mini war happening here on this Island. And, uh, 
that just made me think of how those characters just have so much that they're holding on to in Last Flag Flying and and that they're all still dealing with and probably will never be okay with. But for this moment that we're watching them having to do this thing, uh, they're they're just kind of getting along for a little while anyway. That's a that's that's a really good point. Like that's a, I never even thought of that part of it because I, I remember we were talking about. La- I was talking in another podcast about Last Five Flying, and I'd seen it and I was like, man, I really enjoyed this movie. But that sa- the the constant resentment, but still having to put up with somebody. Like yeah, yeah. As much as Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson can hate each other, they're what on this you know, two square, the, these, these <laughs> couple square miles, there's, there's nowhere you can escape. It's they like, walk past each other every day. You're no not going to miss this person. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, it's, you, you have, to, you can hate them all you want. You're still going to see them every day and yeah. there's nothing you can do about that. And you have to live with that. That's a really good one. I really like that aspect of it too. Right on. Well, do you have any more pieces? Uh, not really. I mean, might as well make it in Bruges, but I mean, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's too easy. Um, but this is kind of a, uh, you know, friendship born out of violence and, sure. and necessity. Um, but I mean, though that this is, that's the movie that the big thing that made Banshees of Inisherin so great is the chemistry and the clashes between Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson and in Bruges is the place that set it up. Like sure, it's, sure. it's like, you, you know what you're getting into. It's like, man, in Bruges and their relationship was so great. Let's do this once again. It's way different tonally, but, yeah. um, that's just kind of the, like, it just set the tone for what you expect and McDonough and everything. And they're, they're, they're two extremely different movies. Yeah. Um, well, but to that point, I, I didn't prepare anything for this. Um, so I don't actually have a piece, but I was thinking about classic you know, pairings where like, mm. you know, we love these two people together. Let's give them something completely different. Yes. Like, you know, and so I know that that's happened many times before. And, uh, you, you know, that, that kind of in Bruce speaks to that exact yeah. idea. So, yeah, that's yeah. a good point that like, uh, it's, it, you know, I, I appreciate all three of them for being like, okay, this isn't going to be an Bruce reunion. It is an Bruce reunion actually with the people, but right. we're not making in Bruce too. We're, right. we're, we're, we're taking a totally different tone with this. Um, and yeah, a lot more sweaters. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I, other than that, do you have any closing thoughts on the Banshees of Inishirin? Anything that we didn't quite get to while talking puzzle pieces? Um, uh, the, uh, the saddest, one of the saddest deaths in cinema history is the death of that pony. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> So we, we didn't go. talk about, we, we didn't talk. So you said it correctly. I always say Barry Kilgan. So, so Kilgan, I, I believe. Kilgan? Okay. I, I believe I, I could be wrong. So, so Barry <laughs> Kilgan's character is tough to get on board with. Mm. Um, but he's, he's the one I probably have racked my brain over the most as far as like, did I like it? Did I not like it? Is it exactly what the film needs? Is the only thing holding the film back? So, and the ending has a lot to do with that as well. Uh, I didn't know your thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, I kind of almost took him as like 
almost like a, a next level down from from Colin Farrell's mm, life. Mm. Like, you know, and, and that's why he's kind of taken him under his wing at yeah. times and like kind of accepts him in. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely a mess of a character and like there's, I that mean, there, scene though there's is, yeah. there's a lot to it. And that scene where he just very knowingly that it's not going to happen, but you know, <sighs> at least shoots his shot. Man, it was so sad, so sad too. It's wow. like, it's like whenever he just kind of like realizes it's not the case and be like, okay. And like, he's, he's not, he's not like no big deal. He's like, okay, he's devastated. He's just not saying anything. And yeah. And even Colin Farrell kind of uses him as a like, well, I'm having a rough time, but I'm not him. Like, at least I'm not that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, there's, the got, there's gotta be, yeah, yeah, there's gotta be someone going there's through it harder. Yep. So. yep. Yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting character, and yeah. uh, I, I loved him in this. And you you mentioned it earlier, but Kerry Condon, just absolutely fantastic. Yes. I mean, I would almost, uh, you know, come end of the year award time and absolutely. all that, I would put her before anybody, honestly. And don't and don't worry about uh, Kerry Condon, uh, you know, you're like, I haven't seen her, I hope she comes a big star. She's making Marvel money. She's the voice, yeah. uh, she's the, uh, she's the voice of the replacement for Jarvis. Oh, really? In the, uh, in the, so... Um, uh, it's Friday. The uh, the uh, Iron Man's Friday is Carrie Condon. So, uh, oh. so she's 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 already entrenched in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She said, "I mean, uh, Better Call Saul." Um, no, yep, yep, as Mike's absolutely. as Mike's uh, uh, daughter-in-law. Yeah. So, uh, it's always nice to see Carrie Condon around. And she was uh, and I think she got punched by uh Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards. Oh, was it? You know what? I think you're right. Yeah. She I was up there so. with, uh, with, uh, uh, oh, who's the one, the, the goofy kid, um, uh, Caleb, uh, uh, Caleb Andrew Jones, Caleb, Caleb Andrew Jones's yeah. girlfriend or something. Yeah. That's, that's, so yeah, you see now that Carrie Condon's going to be a thing, you can be like, oh, I see Carrie Condon all over the place. So, uh, yeah, good for her. <laughs> yeah. Good, nice to see her around. Doing nice. Stuff. Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, I think that does it for the Banshees of Inisherin. Is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Um, I am, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I had, I, I, I'm always on the lookout to try to find, try to knock out old Oscar movies that I'd never seen. And, mm -hmm. uh, just kind of on a whim, uh, I caught Tender Mercies from 1980, uh, 1983 with Robert Duvall. Uh, yeah. I went in with no expectations and it's a very gentle, nice, uh, quiet movie with good intentions and kind of a sad undertone, but, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's a quick, you know, uh, I think it's 95 minutes. Um, great Duval performance. Uh, great performance from uh, from everybody in that movie. But uh, uh, Duval's great guy. Willing, like I'm all I'm on board with him winning the Oscar. Um, mm -hmm. uh, just it's it's not really what you expect because you expect something a little more dramatic and it never really happens. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a, it's a sweet little quiet movie. Um, so Tender Mercies, go check that out if you haven't. Yeah, I've never seen it. I remember it came up as a puzzle piece. It must have been on some music mm. movie or something, but uh, yes. I can't remember which one. But uh, yeah, I'd love to watch it sometime. Oh, it's a good Robert one. Yeah. great. Uh, awesome. Well, Ben, where can people find you and your podcast? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Neb is Ben. I'm Letterboxd and Neb810 and Instagram Ben Miller Movies. Uh, you have my wife's website, icecreamforfreaks.com. Uh, keep uh, writing all sorts of new stuff. I had my Banshee's of Inishirin review last week. Uh, 
Just uh, just reviewed Decision to Leave, about to do All Quiet on the Western Front and Tar. Uh, busy, terrible time to be a film <laughs> reviewer because there's just too much stuff uh, all Tell at once. Tell me about it. Um, uh, you can find my podcast, uh, The uh, Film Critic and the Common Man, uh, on YouTube, on uh, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere you find your podcast. Um, I talk to my brother, uh, Jake, who is not a film critic, about uh, films. Uh, Sometimes there's movies like The Lobster, where he hates, and I love, and that's always fun. Or there are movies that I'm not a big fan of, and he really likes. Um, we were doing, uh, since it's October, we were doing spooky season movies, so we just, uh, mm -hmm. Silence of the Lambs dropped last, next, uh, last week. We're doing The Shining this week, and then we'll get on to uh, regular scheduled programming. Has he seen The Banshees of Inisherin yet? He has not. Uh, I, I'm really interested to see what he would think, because... Sometimes, sometimes my mom's like, he's going to like this. This is really up his alley. And he's like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. So, um, he, it's hard he, to tell with these kind it's of, it's hard to tell. Sure. Like, like I watched when I watched tar after watching mm -hmm. it, I'm like, Oh boy, nobody in my life is going to like that movie. Nobody. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just essentially on board with like, well, I liked it. I'm going to have to live with that. Uh, even in the, the screening I watched, they were talking to people coming out and everybody goes, that was, uh, Yeah. Uh, so I, and I'm like, I get it. I get it completely. But yeah. <laughs> well, right on, Ben. Thank you so much for being back on the show. And hopefully we'll get you back again sometime. My pleasure. Thank you, sir. What's up, listeners? Force 5 is a show about movie-related top five lists. Hosted by me, Blacklist screenwriter and ex-video store cinephile Jason Kleberg. I have a new guest on each week, and the guest gets to pick the topic. Past guests have included film directors, screenwriters, actors, critics, comedians, rappers, artists, and other podcasters. Love or hate our picks, you're guaranteed to walk away thinking, what would be on my list? Search Force 5 wherever you get your pods or head to force5podcast.com. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the Banshees of Inishirin. Make sure you go see it. Great movie. And uh, thanks to Ben Miller for joining me on that one. If you're enjoying piecing it together, make sure you are subscribed wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And of course, we would really appreciate your five-star rating wherever that is. It supposedly raises us up in the rankings and all that stuff. Who knows? But, you know, we appreciate it regardless of if it does that or not. You could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And don't forget, we do have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, from Awesome Movie Year, and from my music career. Lots of great stuff over there. It's patreon.com slash Rosen. If you want to support the show, you can sign up over there and get access to all that stuff, including... Uh, I, at the time this goes up on the main Piecing It Together feed, I will be just getting back from a little trip to New York, and then it will be full speed ahead with getting my new album, more content, released. And uh, first up, I'm putting it up on the Patreon as a bonus for the subscribers, so you'll be able to hear the whole thing very soon if you are subscribed to the Patreon. But for everyone else, I'm going to play a song off that new album right now to close out the episode. And I am going to go with a song called Ascending 
which I actually have a music video in the works for. I uh, hope you enjoy this track, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.